Welcome to Profiles in Business. My name is Kyle Marshall. Angela Yee Hamshaw has been on the show before. She sort of accidentally found herself in the position to help people plan for things after they pass away. We jumped onto a Zoom call with each other, and I was curious if wills and estate planning was something people were becoming much more focused on after the last year of being sequestered at home or not. I've seen an increase quite a bit. I think people are now starting to think about their wills um, if they haven't already. And then what I'm also seeing is uh, past clients who had wills done before who are looking at their will again and reviewing it, thinking, oh, well, it's been a while since we've looked at it and our circumstances have changed and, and boy, we better go update it. So I'm seeing an influx of people phoning me for the first time, booking meetings to talk about their will for the first time. And then for my repeat uh, clients who are coming in for an update as well. So, yeah, definitely a, a, a large uptake. Do you think that there is like a common misconception when it comes to will writing at all? Like, is there something that you feel like you're fielding over and over again? Yeah, I, I've coined the term dictation wills. And so I think a lot of people think that either um, on the do it yourself wills that really if you you know what you own. Um, and you have a piece of paper and you have a pen or you have a computer. So you think, I know what I own and I know who I want to leave it to. So why can't I just write it out? Um, or you think, you know, you just go to a lawyer and you just tell them what to write. And a lawyer will just take dictation, almost like a secretary, mm -hmm. and just record what you want. But what a lot of people don't know is there's a lot of unknown rules that apply to your will that are running in the background. So there are assets that will not form part of your will. So no matter what you write in your will about them, just by the way that you own them or by the operation of law and, and beneficiary designations, uh, those assets will go outside of your will, no matter what you write in your will. Um, and then the other thing is uh, being able to tax plan, um, knowing the rules, knowing who can witness the will, um, so there's all these rules that you don't know. Uh, for instance, I had a client who thought it would be it would make sense to write their will. They le left everything to their spouse, but they had their spouse witness the will. And of course, you can't have someone who's getting anything in the will to mm. be a witness. So what you do is you end up invalidating their gift. So in the same instance that she gave everything to her spouse, she took it away by having him witness. So there's all these rules in the background that you don't know that you could be actually crossing. So you're saying that this will I've written in crayon on the back of a placemat is not legally binding. It may be legally binding. And that's the fear is that it's probably messy and someone yeah. has to try to interpret it. So it could be it could be legally valid. It just isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, just generally for your own practice here, like how have you felt over this last year? Has it made your job more difficult or is it just different? It's different, Kyle. I, um, in the last year, uh, just the way that we meet with clients is different because we're doing more virtual calls. And now dur only during the pandemic, we are allowed to do virtual signings and that's never been, uh, we can't do that. We actually have to be in the same room mm. with our client witnessing their signature at the time of signing. And so now we can do virtual. So just the way of doing things is a little bit different. And just the volume has been different. So, and then just navigating people's fears as well. So, yeah, it's it's been different. We just had, had we have to adapt. I'd love to know just a little bit about your history. Like, what made you get into this line of work? Like, what made you get into wills and estates in the first place? 
this sounds funny, Kyle. I almost feel like I stumbled into it by accident. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I took the Wills course in law school so, so, so many years ago, I really enjoyed it. I found it fascinating. Um, But I didn't know that I would necessarily go into this area. After law school, I ended up doing family law, which I really didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy the fighting. Um, I didn't love going to uh, going into court and, and doing applications. And so I stumbled upon a job at the um, at the banks. I worked for the trust companies and started doing estate planning for high net worth clients. And it was almost like sort of love at first sight, really, because I felt like I really enjoyed this area. I was I was very I was getting very good at it and I wanted to learn. I kept wanting to to continue the education around wills. So I've been doing it now for 21 years. Um, I worked for two major financial institutions for a good chunk of my career doing estate planning for high net worth clients. Um, And then I went to work for the Alberta government in their office of the public trustee. And I did a short stint um, and I looked after Albertans that were in need. So I've uh, done done the complete range where I've done high net worth clients all the way to no net worth clients and then had my own firm and dealt with clients all in between. And uh, now I'm at the firm of Mazouk. Uh, for the last two and a half years. So a very long career, 21 years, uh, mostly doing wills and estates. You know, because you just mentioned like you've been at like larger institutions, your own institution with Mazook now, like is there pros and cons between all of those different organizations? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, in the corporate environment, you know what there, I really enjoyed working with the clients. Unfortunately for me, there was no room for advancement. The next level up would have been a manager of my particular department and that it would have had me uh, looking more at staff budgeting um, and staff right. meetings and HR concerns, less so dealing with uh, what I enjoyed was, was advising clients and then working for the uh, Alberta government. Interesting job, learned a lot for sure, but I just felt I was way too entrepreneurial to uh, to unfortunately work in a government type position. So, yeah. um, so off I went to my own firm and enjoyed that. Love having the control, uh, but with the control comes the work. And so, as you know, Kyle, you're a business owner. Mm-hmm. You have your hand in so many different areas that sometimes it's hard to focus on the areas that you love the most. I wanted to scale back a little bit and focus again on the core things that I really enjoy doing, which is advising clients. And so being a business owner was something that I've left behind for for a short bit. Who knows? I may revisit that again. Having talked with you, I guess one of my, I guess not surprises, but I guess what's a little bit of a letdown is finding out that all of those plot points and old sitcoms are not true, where it's like, you have to live in like the haunted mansion for a night before I bequeath you my money and stuff like that. Um, are there people who kind of try and still write that into their wills? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, I didn't know where you were going with that preamble. I thought, oh, my goodness, Kyle, I let you down. Oh, what have I done? No. So, so, so I'm glad it wasn't me, though. Well, I guess I have let you down. I've, I've broken the, the Hollywood myth. But um, That's right. I want every day to be a Scooby-Doo episode. Is what I'm trying. <laughs> well, you know what? We can introduce some creativity in some of the stuff we do. But I get a lot of people wanting to say, you know what? If you contest this will, you're out. So a lot of the Frank Sinatra clauses. Mm-hmm. I haven't had this, but I had another lawyer I work with where this one man wanted to leave his 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 ex-wife a dead fish. Um, <laughs> okay. 
just, uh, just as a symbol of how he felt about her. So not to say that we couldn't put it in, but you have to remember some of it is against public policy. So there is such a mm-hmm. thing as writing things that would contravene public policy. And so we wouldn't, um, if someone ever challenged those provisions of a will, we wouldn't be able to try to uphold them. They would fall like a, like a house right. of cards. I, I'm curious, but like this new reality of doing a lot more like virtual meetings with clients, like how do you keep yourself motivated throughout the day? What motivates me is the ability to um, help the clients. I, I feel like I'm a solution provider. It, it, so it doesn't matter what format it takes, whether it's virtual or or up close and, and personal. Um, and, and But we still do the in-person meetings. We just follow a very strict hygiene protocol in our office with plexiglass separating our clients and masks and hand sanitizer and distancing and, and all those great things. But at the end of the day, it, I guess it, the, the, the means is different, but the goal is going to be the same is, is reaching the client, educating the client. And I think that's what my clients um, value the most about me is that my ability to educate them on things. So not just taking their instructions, but explaining to them why we have to do this. And so my, my concern, of course, is after they've done their will and they venture forth in their life and they acquire different assets during their lifetime, I want to make sure they have that educational background so they don't screw up the plan we've just put together. <laughs> yeah. If someone is, you know, we'll say older, retired, they don't have a will, like what is your best pitch to be like, you really need to sit down and figure this out? Wow. See, that's that's my biggest challenge, Kyle. I. Yeah. I get to see the people who've already made the decision that it's important to come see a lawyer about it. Mm-hmm. So how do I reach those people who, um, I, I guess I can tell them a little bit about war stories of, mm-hmm. of people who haven't uh, done the preparation that they need and, and what the consequence of that is, and maybe appeal to their sense of preparedness and ensuring that they don't leave um, their family members struggling to to fix something that they didn't do during their lifetime. So uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm of the opinion you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. So yeah. um, not, not not to um, make the analogy that my clients are horses, but 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 you can you can see where I'm going. If, if you're just not going to do it, you're just not going to do it. Uh, well, I guess the flip side of that then is and maybe it's going to be the same answer is what do you say to people that maybe are in like their early 20s, just entering the workforce and be like, oh, that's something I can worry about decades from now. Mm-hmm. Why should they consider writing a will as well? Um, again, just making sure that their family members have a, an idea of what their wishes are. So you may not have a, a lot in, in way of assets, but the key thing when you are young is naming an executor. So someone who's in charge. And so without that document, no one um, is specifically in charge. There, the laws in the province do give a pecking order as to who has priority to apply to be in mm-hmm. charge, but maybe those aren't the people you would have chosen to be in charge. So the will gives you a lot more control. And if we do the will right, you don't have to change that will for a very, very long time because we cover all the what ifs. So it says, you know, what if I pick beneficiary one? But beneficiary one is not alive at the time you die. So then we've already covered off where it goes to next. So who's beneficiary to mm-hmm. or what happens if I have a family? So then we can anticipate that you're, you could have a family and we could build that into the will. So we could cover all the what ifs in the will 
And then when all those what ifs become reality, you look at your will and say, oh, I've already covered it. I don't have to change the will. And so that will is great. And if you have a child, that's the most important. If you have a child, we need to name a guardian. Who's going to look after that child if you're not around anymore? So those are sort of the things that I would um, uh, I would say to them. It's always important. If you're over 18, you should have a will. Well, thank you uh, for talking with me here today, Angela. If people wanted to find out more about you, book a time with you, what is the easiest ways to do so? Well, I'm at Mazook Law, um, LLP. Uh, we're located on Blackfoot Trail. Um, so the address is 88 to 38 Blackfoot Trail, Southeast, uh, suite number 125. We have great parking. Best way to reach me is email or by telephone. So telephone is 403-543-1101 or uh, email is Angela YH at mazooklaw.com. And I'll spell that for you. A-N-G-E-L-A-Y-H at M-A-S-U-C-H-L-A-W.com. Excellent. Thank you, Angela. Perfect. Thanks, Kyle, for chatting with me today. Thank you for listening. All the links to follow up with Angela are in the show notes. Until we speak again, have a great day. Thank you.